0: This episode is brought to you by FireLapse and FireLaps.com. Too often, drivers fail to extract the full performance potential out of their vehicle at the track because analyzing motorsports data takes time and can be difficult to understand. FireLapse is a fresh and intuitive tool to simplify motorsports data review to allow you to focus on reducing your personal best lap time. This year, Slipangle and FireLapse have partnered together to help our audience go faster. Annual subscription signups using promo code SLIPANGLE, or SLIPANGEL, We'll get 15 months for the price of 12 and a free slip angle or track tune t-shirt. Head over to firelapse.com and start letting your data be your coach. Welcome everybody to Slip Angle Show This is number 10, I think And the final one for the weekend at Barber Motorsports Park I'm joined by Dana Bazinski, The uh, silver medal champion for Club TR in 2022 An all-around fast driver Welcome Hello Um, You had an incredible season and an excellent battle uh, with Grant Davidson in a completely opposite car. Yeah. What was that like this year? Very intense. First, if people don't know you, they should know you, but if they don't, what do you drive and where do you race?
1: Uh, I drive a Subaru BRZ with a Honda K-Series engine from ASM. And I race with Club TR and Gridlife
0: okay um and uh what was it about the series that drew you to build a club tr car
1: uh well i was into drag racing and had a drag racing car oh boy and i also had an s2000 and the drag racing car was a lot of fun but i was starting to get bored with it Because what, what was the drag rig?
0: Ra- i drag had car. a
1: it's not a car that I want to admit that I had for drag racing, but it was a Honda Civic. It was, <laughs> it was a 96 Civic with a, a D16 turbo. okay, I've talked to Adam about this.
0: Uh, how he's much a power did it make? Nerd
1: like me It made four hundred and sixty horsepower That's so much <laughs> and it destroyed every transmission in sight. Oh, I bet yes.
0: so is that why things got a little boring
1: that well, at the end, I had it dialed in pretty good to run 11 fours no matter what, but I always wanted to run tens with it. And I knew that if I just put a thousand dollars in it for a new clutch and new coil overs, it would run tens. But I kind of was bored with it and I didn't see myself spending any more money on it. So I sold it. When was that? 2019. Okay. Late
0: 2019. And so, um, you're doing drag racing. Uh, I recorded with Emma yesterday, but you probably were doing some autocross at that time as well. We
1: did a lot of autocross at that time, um, yeah.
0: What kind of track experience did you have before you before I got to know you?
1: Um, did a lot of autocross starting in 2012. When I was still in high school, I did my first autocross. And then maybe a year or two after that, I got pretty heavy into it. And I bought a Miata and because I couldn't afford an S2000. So I bought a Miata to hold me over and I had that for a little over a year and that's when I was getting like kind of heavy into autocross and I like did the whole E street thing, which was because it was very cheap. That's why I did that. Sure. And there was a lot of good competition locally. So I did that and it came to a point where I was getting really bored of having a really slow car. So I'm like, I'm either going to turbo this Miata or I'm going to buy an S2000 like now. So shopping for S2000s is awful because they're all way more money than they should be. You yeah, sure. <laughs> so I decided to make one last look on Craigslist after shopping for more than a year for the right one. Otherwise, if I didn't find it, I'm buying a turbo kit that night, and I bought an S2000 because I found it that night in Chicago from some old guy. Okay. So I went and bought that, and then after I had the S2000, it was like way, I just like threw everything at like autocross and Were track you days. still running
0: uh, S2s or in B Street? It right? was in
1: B Street at the time. Okay. Yeah, but I wanted to do an STR build with it because at the time they were pretty dominant in STR. Okay. The ND Miata had not been conceived yet. Okay. So. Uh, tell I th- me about I think. the. Actually, the, maybe they were.
0: Tell me about the specifics of STR. Like, what's the difference between B Street and STR?
1: B Street is tires, one sway bar, cat back, maybe, if you want to do it, and fancy shocks. Okay. Um, with. I believe it's stock springs, and fancy shocks. You can change the shocks, but not the springs. I might be wrong on that. STR is coilovers, seventeen by nine wheels, both sway bars, intake, exhaust, header. Okay. A little more, and the only reason I did STR is because I didn't want to drive a stock S two thousand. I'm like, I'm gonna put some wheels and you know exhaust
0: on it. When was this? 2015. Okay. So you're still pretty young, but now you have an S2000 and you have an STR car. Yeah. Um, Were you competing regionally or nationally?
1: No, not nationally. I have gone to nationals one time, but it was not an STR. It was in a SM car.
0: Okay. Which is a crazy, crazy, crazy class.
1: Yes. Yeah, it was. That was a cool experience for sure. But uh, being in Stevens Point, Wisconsin and owning an S2000, it's only a matter of time before (laughs) you end up at... ASM. The now nationally or internationally known shop, at ASM.
0: Okay. So did you did you know Andy through autocross? Or yeah. Like, okay.
1: I actually knew Andy before I bought an S2000. And basically, he dominated every autocross locally with some super ratty S2000. That was probably...
0: Was that uh, was that Ice 2K? That was Ice 2K. <laughs> before, I think maybe before R- it was rest even known. In peace. As
1: Ice 2K, yes. So it was only a matter of time. So, yeah, I... Finally got my hands on an S two thousand, and I just went crazy at, with autocross and track days. And I even took that car drag racing to get my fix once I, you know, if I needed it here. Okay. But uh, I did all sorts of stuff with that car. And then the prices got even crazier. And as I track this car, and I see everybody else crashing their S two thousands and going from a twenty five thousand dollar car to a pile of metal. I can't afford to write this car off. So having this drag racing car now and wanting to do more track stuff instead of drag racing stuff, I have to get something else. Okay. I I, I maybe I wanted a cheap S two thousand, but those just don't really exist. exist. And if they do, they sell right away. And I just didn't have any luck. But man, the BRZ is another rear wheel drive car, same weight. Yeah. Maybe actually a little lighter in some cases, and. They are so cheap, at least at this time in late twenty nineteen. It was engines. COVID time; like COVID was just be, starting to be a thing, and these things were everywhere for less than like six, seven thousand. No way. Whereas S two thousands were, you know, twenty plus. 20.
0: Um, did you buy yours with a blown motor, or was it running at the time?
1: It ran, but it is a Subaru engine, so it didn't run good. It <laughs> had issues, which is why the price was cheap. Also, it was salvage title, and it was automatic. I basically bought the cheapest combo of BRZ that you can find.
0: Knowing immediately that you're, like, you're going to go... Full in yes. on.
1: I know this car is going to get a case swap and I know it's going to have a very hard life. <laughs> so I did not need a clean example.
0: Uh, but that, you bought that car then before um, Club TR rules were out, right? Yeah. So Club TR you,
1: wasn't a thing at this and point. And then
0: at, at the time, you're just like, this is a car that I just want to drive?
1: I wanted to put a case swap in it because the, the drag racer in me wanted something rear wheel drive and K series. So I was thinking MR2. But man, those are kind of expensive also. So I'm like, well, maybe a BRZ, but there's only a handful of these that people have ever put a K series in. And there's no how to's. There's no info on them. Everything is just like rigged together. Sure. I can do that. Like I have Andy in my I, town. I if can, I have uh, a question, I can rig it he together. already knows how to do this. He just hasn't done it.
0: Fair enough. So, um, what you pick the car up and then what?
1: I pick the car up. I sell the engine and I buy with, so I sold the engine as a running engine, but like rebuildable. It had an issue. I sold this FA twenty for seven hundred dollars. Turned around, went to Andy's shop, bought a K twenty four in stock for like a thousand or you know, whatever they are.
0: With with as much uh, hate as the FA twenty receives, if someone paid you seven hundred dollars, that seems like opposite. You should have paid someone seven hundred dollars to take that motor from you. <laughs>
1: well, there is a very high demand.
0: <laughs> I guess. Um, Okay, so, so you sell the motor, and then what?
1: I, I go to Andy's, I pick up a K24, and then I have this BRZ shell now with an automatic transmission that I threw in the dumpster, and I have a K24 there, and I have this plan that I can like long-term, two years, get this going. Like It's not going to be a fast project. Andy knows that I'm doing it, and I've asked him like, a few key questions, and he's given me good ideas. And then a couple of weeks go by and he messaged me, he's like, Hey, how I have an idea how we can get that going pretty quick. I'm like, Yeah, I'm all ears, man. Like, let me know. Let's do it. So TF Works was coming out with a, a mount kit okay. for this K swap. And I ended up getting one of those, like maybe the first one, I'm not sure. And in exchange to do some grid life, as maybe advertisement. Okay which I wanted to do anyways. I've never done grid life and you know at that point. So it goes to Andy's on January 15th, I think, and, and by that's February 2020? 15th, yeah, 2020, okay. and by February it's running and driving K series BRZ which we had pieced together with a bunch of parts, TF mounts and oil pan and adapter plates and shifter and all that and the
0: ECU was a, a Haltech
1: yeah, we used Haltech, which was the obvious answer. They have the CAN bus control for that car, so you plug in a couple wires and everything works. That's cool. So all the gauges and all that.
0: Um, but it's, it's like, designed to be a race car from that moment. Yes. Um, the Club TR rules came out when?
1: I don't know if they came out before we had the car finished or while we were, like, almost getting the car finished, but I saw that and I immediately sent it to Andy I'm like,
0: Dude, read this
1: because this car fits it really well. We could go win this.
0: That's um, uh, like we answered your prayers, basically. Yeah, um, really. But probably also destroyed your life because uh, you have now competed in Club TR for two seasons. You destroyed
1: seasons. me financially. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but I'm living a better life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but... Uh, you kind of got going last year, and Andy told me that you were a really fast driver he 's like no you don 't sleep on this kid like he 's fast um, but the first few events they like they didn 't go perfect. Um, I remember having uh because i 'm uh, regularly I catch up with Aaron from the winning formula. I remember that at n c m which was kind of like the debut event for that car, yep. You had some throttle body issues. Many. Many throttle body issues. And uh, they keep spares. And I think you took all of their spares.
1: This was my first grid life experience was getting towed off track, like session two. And, like, wandering around and finding this trailer that says winning formula. And they have exactly
0: the part I need. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. All right, cool. Um, But it wasn't... uh, And, like, you, you had, I would say, like not like stellar results in the first part of the season um but there was like a turning point that that I remember which was uh you had just a hell of fast lap at heartland and I was like there it is
1: we had issues at the beginning and the car was really not I would say not competition ready but it did run and drive so let's go competing yeah NCM, I actually just rewatched the live stream or parts of it the other day and I saw my times on the board and that was sad to look at. Because, man, <laughs> I know I can go way faster than that. But man, at the time it just I just couldn't, you know. Yeah. The there was a lot of issues that we were working around and there was a lot of things that I had yet to learn that we were doing wrong. Sure. But
0: so, like, uh, can you give me um, an example or two? Like, what did you change on the car after, you've, after you finish it until now? What did you change to add some reliability?
1: When we, the reliability-wise, the biggest issue was throttle bodies. Um, we used the Bosch drive-by-wire throttle body, which you can buy an FCP Euro for, like, 100 bucks. Sure. So that was kind of a no-brainer, and uh, K-Power made the adapter for it. to bolt onto their intake manifold that I had, so it was a no-brainer. And the car is drive-by-wire already, so you just plug it in, and it worked. So that was not that difficult to make work, but apparently they are bad at surviving vibrations from a K-series.
0: With the balance shafts removed? Well,
1: yes, with the balance shafts removed like you do with a K-24. That you want to rev
0: to the moon. Yeah,
1: just rev high enough to go fast enough to win or be competitive, so... Yeah, they, uh, they didn't survive, so we started carrying a spare, and it's just, it's not worth it. We had to tune the car differently to try to prevent uh, the harsh, like, rev cut, which would open and close the throttle mm-hmm. a whole bunch, and it would just strip the plastic gears out inside, and it, it, was, it was getting to the point where it was so embarrassing, Have like, you'd get towed off track, because you can't drive the car it will only idle i literally at one point idled off ncm because like <laughs> i'm not waiting for another tow truck i parked in a safe spot the session finished you know after 10 minutes of me sitting there like a chump And i'm like i'm not waiting for another tow truck so i idled this thing off and it went 28 miles an hour in fifth gear idling <laughs> and that's as fast as it would go <laughs> but i made it and uh yeah so that. So,
0: so like what'd you what's the fix
1: we decided the fix would be to not have a drive-by-wire throttle body on it. Okay. That's the part that was failing. The gears, you know, that the motor turn, they were failing. So I literally looked into designing a metal gear. I'm like, you know what? There's other throttle bodies. I don't need to go through all that. So I just put a B-series throttle body on it from a okay, Honda. Okay, so just a cable. A cable and change the throttle pedal. And now it's got a cable throttle body that unless that cable fails, that pedal will open and close whenever I want it
0: to. <laughs> Well, uh, that's a simple fix.
1: That was Andy's idea. I, I mean, a lot of it was. He's kind of the mastermind behind it all. Sure.
0: Um, what else have you had to do to the car? I know that, like, uh, that car is driven really, really hard. Um, I assume things like axles and this and that. I think I even heard you say just a minute ago that, like, maybe there's an axle going in that car.
1: We have an axle failing right now. I think Emma's probably changing it up at the paddock because we brought spares because they just tend to fail. I don't Why? know. Why? The boots rip. or the I don't know if the grease doesn't – it doesn't hold itself into the boot. And then the axle develops a vibration, and then it breaks, and then you don't go forward anymore. So <laughs> – Try to change them before that happens, but yeah. Other than I, I assume body, you're getting pretty axles, good at that too. Yeah, well, those are these cars are pretty easy to work on, and honestly, the K series in them makes them way easier to work on with sure. all that room. So I kind of like it. But uh, there was a few other things we had transmission shifting issues constantly last year, or not last year, twenty twenty one. What trans is in it? Right now, it's an S2000 transmission. Okay. But when we built the car, we used a BMW ZF transmission. The five speed? Yes. This was my idea for transmission because they were cheap, yeah. cheaper than an S2000 transmission. They were light, probably about the same weight as an S2000 transmission, but they were small too. I could fit that in there Aww. easy with no clearancing, basically. So, and TF made the adapter plate for this ZF. Like, so I ended up getting that into the deal too. So that ended up working out.
0: Okay. So, But but
1: these transmissions are old and they've been beat already before I get my hands on them, so they are all bad. At (laughs) least the ones that I had were all bad. How
0: many transmissions did you go through?
1: Uh, I I only tried two, and I'm like, I'm not buying a third one of these. This is not good.
0: I remember those five speeds being available. People would say you could pick them up for like four hundred bucks. Yeah, that's true. Is that about what they cost at the time?
1: Yeah, I think I paid four or five hundred each, but. Uh, They're just not good. And the gearing is bad. For an NA K-Series, it's just not good. Okay. It's only a five-speed. Fifth-speed is five-gear is one-to-one. And uh, top speed at Road America was like... 132 in my car that I hit, and I didn't have much more in it okay. with fifth gear. So okay. I'm like, man, I kind of want a six-speed, and it only makes sense, since I'm driving around with this fleet of S2000s, that, you would that share they carry a parts. spare transmission with them. I'll just put an S2000 I don't know if they have any it. spares this weekend. They used their two spares already, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, um, I haven't needed a S2000 that's transmission pretty since.
0: Um, yes. So... You, I, I indicated at the start of the show that you finished second place this year, which I thought was a really, really strong result. I could guess to say that I know your goal for 2023, um, but Grant, like, it felt like from my chair that you and Grant had, like, a no-holds-barred battle the whole time.
1: Grant made me spend money I didn't have this year.
0: Well, so, like, how do you... Uh, if you want to win this year, how do you do it?
1: There are still things on my car that are not optimized for the class, just okay. like everybody. However, I feel like I have lower hanging fruit on my car than my competitors have on theirs. I feel like my really? car is underbuilt comparatively.
0: I'm just kind of Can just you talk trying about to it?
1: hang on. Yes. The biggest thing is wheels. All of these cars in Club TR have 10-inch wide wheels. Okay. If you want to be competitive, you basically need that. Okay. There is not a single 10-inch wide wheel for an FRS BRZ because part of it is Subaru, and that part is 5x100. Okay. And 5x100 simply does not have good wheel options. Okay. They have some. Like 17x9, you can find them all over. 17x10, nope, they don't exist.
0: Okay. So what do you do?
1: You don't. You just either buy custom wheels and you hope that you don't bend or break one. Okay. Or you just deal with 17 by 9. So I've been dealing, I have had 17 by 9 wheels on for the last two years, and that's really not optimized for the class. The limit is 255 for tires. Sure. And in GLTC, if you fall within the 255 width category, look at all of the competitive cars running the 255 wide tire and tell me how wide their wheels are. They're 10 or 10 half inches wide. Uh-huh. It's simply faster, okay. and I don't have that option. So, yes, I'm trying to get a wider wheel on the car.
0: Okay. So in this case, you're talking about buying a specific wheel rather than changing the bull pattern on the hub?
1: Depends. I'm not sure yet, but okay. I, I have some things in the works, so we'll see what happens. Okay,
0: okay. Um, what else? Do you have, do you have any uh, gossip on what everyone else is doing this year?
1: Oh, yes. There's plenty of gossip. Oh, I love this part. Um, In the Club TR chat, there's plenty. Even people that are making new builds, we can gossip about them, too. Okay. I know there's an RX-7 coming back to play. Uh, Red one? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that car was quick.
1: Very fast. Do you know how much power it makes? No. More than anybody else. (laughs) It is old. Yeah? It's old, but it's light and it makes a lot of power and it's only got to do one fast lap even if it's a rotary
0: and it has a pretty good driver in it
1: oh yes that's the biggest part of all this so so that's one thing that people are thinking about i'm sure grant and i are both thinking about this okay other than that um i know grant is doing mk60 okay of course grant and i keep tabs on each other with naturally uh, what are you doing (laughs) you tell me first
0: hey what are you doing
1: yeah um, my car is focusing on safety this year. Unfortunately, I can't do a whole lot. I'm going to try to get wider wheels on it, and that's unfortunately the only go fast. So, bit. like,
0: what's the spec on the wheel?
1: A 10 inch wide wheel is what I'm going for. Okay, it's 17 it's, by 10.
0: So, uh, with like what offset to get that to work?
1: Depends if you want to cut your fenders or not. So, okay. like mid 40s to mid 30s, but mid 30s would rev- involve flares. Okay, which is fine. I bought this car to have a rough life. I'm not afraid to take a saw to it. Fair enough, yeah. You leave it at ASM too long, it will have flares on it. Make it fit. Yeah, make it fit.
0: Yeah. Um, I remember when I was here last year, we had uh, put um, the 245 Falcons on my 8th gen Civic on a, I think it was a 17 by 9 uh, Koenig. And the internet was like, yeah, 245s will fit. You don't need to cut. You just like need to set camber appropriately. And I get out here and I do the warm up lap, uh, and I got so much rub in the rear that I got black flagged for the tire smoke. Um, and like, I was like, well, you know, we're here. Andy's here. Ronnie's here. Whatever. And there's no point in going home. I already paid for the entry, so let's make it work. And it was before I'd had uh, the coilovers on the car, so setting ride height really wasn't possible. So like, just get the you know get the angle grinder out and cut the tabs off and make it work.
1: You didn't have adjustable camber?
0: Uh, I mean, it was already, like, maxed. In. So that was, like, pretty huh. close to a stock car. So it okay. was stock shocks, stock springs. Um, the camber had been adjusted already uh, at an anti shop. And he was like, yeah, it'll probably be fine. And we got here. i heard it, that. And it just, like, it wasn't. So we made room. Yep. And I did the rest of the weekend. Worth it. Worth it. Because, like, you traveled all this way. You might as well do what it takes to finish
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so you did a poll to some of the Club TR chats. They gave us some topics to talk about. Um, Would you like to talk about these? I don't know how many things I have like direct input on, but I might ask you your
1: opinion. We'll test you. Let's read through this list. First topic, minimum weight. What about it? 25.50 with driver is current ruling. If you have a swap of larger displacement than factory. Yes. So, min-weight. All of the golden era Honda cars that are a a very good choice for this class, e.g., EK, Civics, Integra's, all have proven to be very competitive. Basically add weight to get to minimum weight. For sure. Any rear-wheel drive car, besides a Miata, which surprisingly we haven't seen many of, cannot touch minimum
0: weight yet i think you could probably get close i mean you'd have to try really hard but you could probably I can get, get close, close. what but are you I, at currently
1: at heartland end of the year 2022 i rolled across the scales with driver like at, off my session from my fast lap i rolled right onto the scales to see what it weighed on that lap and it was twenty six twenty five. that's so 75 that, pounds 75
0: pounds, over. pounds? Hmm. 75
1: pounds so this is 75 pounds with zero safety equipment and That's an empty true. shell of a car. That is true. Part of, here's part of the reason they want to talk about minimum weight. Uh, Club TR is viewed by the participants as an entry-level class where you can take a car and not completely destroy it and be somewhat competitive.
0: No, that is an interesting point because um, from my seat... Uh, when I look at the competitors and how hard, uh, how much effort is being put in to make cars go really fast, um, the cars might not be um, so outrageous like the street mod cars, but they are like they're not showroom cars at all. I can't think of a single showroom car that could compete in this class because it's too competitive. Um, what I would say is that they're pretty accessible. And so I don't see it necessarily as an, uh, an entry-level class as much as it is like there's a lot of rules carry over between this and GLTC. I wonder if that was on purpose. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Adam Nielsen will hate me for saying this, but I see um, a, a pipeline of progression between, from HPDE into Time Attack, which is very similar to... How the the event format is very similar to how a qualifying is run Um, but then there's this other thing where you have this wheel to wheel race and one of my biggest points of frustration with um, the crossover between Time Attack and GLTC is racers who have really good Time Attack cars for some class would almost always have to uh, abandon their platform to build a GLTC car and In Club TR, you don't.
1: So I have said before that Club TR is a stepping stone to GLTC, although that's not explicitly stated in the rules or by anybody, but Uh. it sure seems that way. So you'd agree with this. Big surprise. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: But I I think it is fair to say, I can certainly say from my own experience, if I had wanted to do GLTC... I had this Evo, I had this modified Evo, and it started out as my street car, and then I started doing track day with it, and then I started doing time attack with it, and then it gets more and more modified, and I get more into time attack. Uh, if I had wanted to go wheel-to-wheel racing, that th- I would have sold that car and started with something completely different.
1: Are you saying you can't wheel-to-wheel with an Evo in GLTC? I think
0: you probably could. We just haven't I seen it I think we're going to see it this year. Well, uh, that person was busy being the king on some mountain somewhere. Yeah, he did it, though. He did. He's, he is the king of the mountain. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess I suppose it's possible. Um, I just, we haven't seen it yet.
1: I, I get that.
0: And there is a lot of complexity in an all-wheel drive system, and I, I just don't know how advantageous it is.
1: I don't think it's needed, no. But I think it's very cool that somebody is going to try, and somebody that has the potential to do very well yeah. is the guy that's going to do it. he's pretty so. quick
0: um so what about another question
1: another question interior gutting what about it ultimately the largest topic of discussion in this chat
0: um i thought that the rules had been clarified this year but i'll have to double check with adam um i think they were actually yes a minimum weight is uh, um, warranted for a vehicle uh it is my perception that nothing else matters now, gutting of a door, let's say, um, isn't just about weight savings because if you don't have a cage and you gut a door, uh, if you cut out all the metal bits, you ruin the structural integrity of that door, that's not okay. That's not allowed um, because if you have an incident on a track and you, uh, your door is compromised, we're not going to have excess risk being taken by drivers at the expense of safety.
1: I agree. Ultimately, the the rule is, because we are barbarians, us racers, we want every advantage possible, maybe more.
0: You have no idea. I I, mean, you have some idea.
1: I think I do. (laughs) Maybe not as much as you here, but I think I'm the one asking the questions. You're the guy rolling your eyes at the email. (laughs) But, uh, yes, interior gutting is the largest topic. I think we want black and white rules.
0: Have you considered adding a very, very lightweight passenger seat?
1: I don't have a passenger seat.
0: Well, there was one in the car. You don't run with it when... uh... No. I'll tell you why. I'm over minimum
1: weight. I sent an email in. Can I remove this and this? And the response was, if you are over the minimum weight, you may remove interior bits without penalty. Mm. That's how it was worded. That's quite clear. A seat is a large interior bit, and I no longer have it.
0: Indeed, that's correct. Thanks to
1: that screenshot email I got.
0: Yeah, that's very correct. Um... There's also
1: a lot of other things that came out with that seat.
0: So th- there are just some complications with uh, Club TR in that it is not, nor will it likely be, a power-to-weight class. As a consequence, there's still some variety that exists on like what power plant should be chosen. And it, it does stand to reason that if a car is both very light and very powerful, it could be quite competitive.
1: Absolutely. It should be.
0: Uh, Have you considered putting a, uh, a rotary in your car?
1: Per the rules, that would not be legal.
0: Mm, Yeah. See, I told you before we started this podcast that if we were going to talk very specific rules, there was high probability that I would make an error.
1: I'll give you this bit of information then because we've all discussed what the perfect ringer would be for Club TR. Okay,
0: I want to hear what your perfect ringer is because I think mine might be different.
1: I'm never going to build it, so I will feel free to share this ringer. But last year, I wasn't sure that I wouldn't build it, so I didn't tell many people. But my perfect ringer car would be a mazda speed miata with a l15 honda engine swap
0: yeah that's a cool this is a
1: legal build because it is a factory turbo car so i'm allowed to have a turbo engine correct even though the 1.8 turbo in it would not be legal the 1.5 turbo is legal that's true this car can be way under 2200 pounds Maybe. well, maybe And under you're, 20, and you're not
0: increasing displacement, so I'm you not would not be subjected to the minimum
1: weight. No min weight. Those engines can make 280, maybe 300 horsepower, unopened, with a tune and ethanol.
0: That would be rowdy.
1: There are all of the aftermarket options for that car, and everybody knows how to sort one because you can read a forum. Sure. Uh,
0: that is not the car that I was thinking of. I was thinking of let's
1: bench race then
0: an eighteen to nineteen hundred horse pound C R X with like the I don't know the B and D series I think it's a a, a B series whatever from like a Type R where I don't think the displacement would change and so you would not be subjected to the minimum weight uh, which would mean that you'd get a high output old Honda engine in a car that weighs nothing.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great option. You'll be 100 horsepower down from this Miata that's only 300 pounds
0: more. That's true. So I think I'd beat you on the paper here. Well, I, I, it sucks to lose a bench race. <laughs> um, why are you not building the Mazda Speed Miata?
1: I'll tell you why. GLTC is power to weight. Ah, uh, yeah. And I don't see myself doing time attack forever. Okay. Especially in Club TR where it's a stepping stone class. <laughs> to, <GLC. laughs> to GLTC. To Two GLTC.
0: Then what can you say about your wheel-to-wheel experience?
1: None. Actually, well, as a kid, I have wheel-to-wheel experience. As an adult, I do not.
0: What was your kid experience?
1: From age 8 to 11, I did go-kart racing.
0: People who are fast always go-karting before.
1: I do kind of attribute my progression to go-karting at an early age. I think I might pick up on things faster than someone who didn't do go-karting.
0: Okay. Interesting. Well, um, I don't know
1: that, but. I suspect that probably helps.
0: So you've got the season coming up. Uh, You probably bought some tickets. Which events do you plan to attend this year?
1: I might have waited just long enough until I knew some of the events some people were doing. Oh. But I'll be at six events this year. Okay. Hopefully. Watkins Glen is the first one. Okay. Because that's a cool track and I'd love to do it. Yeah, for sure. I don't think my car will be strong there. Being rear wheel drive, it is not a fast car. Sure, the drivetrain loss is just more. Too much. More the front wheel drive cars will destroy me in a straight line. Really, at like not even close. Like probably ten miles an hour at Watkins Glen. No, it way. won't even be close. But I want to do that track, so sure. I'm going to okay. do it anyways. Uh, that's basically the only track that I don't think I will be strong at. Okay, I'll be at Autobahn. Oh sure. I won that last year. I think I can do it again.
0: That was uh, an event where we did a, a pretty deep dive impound on Grant's car. It's a very nice car. Yes. Uh, last year, we really started um, pushing this class in particular uh, to do impounds um, more than just like a, a first glance like compliance check, but rather... Went through the rule book and often asked the driver to leave the tech shed. We would close the door. We would pull spark uh, par- spark plugs. We would boroscope things like we started to get into it. And I I love the um, the how much effort is being put into that class, both by drivers and by the tech team.
1: Yeah, I was part of one of those uh, inspections,
0: and I think. We, uh, we did actually um, disqualify some laps from somebody who was under their minimum weight. I think it was at Heartland.
1: I think Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's one, someone in a Civic did It get wasn't by a lot.
0: It was like they did too many laps out on track, and when they were impounded, uh, they had used too much fuel.
1: I know more about this than I'm telling you.
0: That's okay. You don't have to tell mm. me everything.
1: But I might have peeked at that notebook as I got out of my car, and you guys wrote all the weights down, mm. and I saw somebody... Was underway. I didn't know who though, but I was like, ooh, that's interesting.
0: Um, but so you're, Audubon is next, and I assume you're going to Mid Ohio because everyone is going to Mid Ohio.
1: Why would I go to Mid Ohio?
0: Because everyone goes to Mid Ohio.
1: Mid Ohio's awesome, but I'm not going. Okay. Why not? That's what lost my championship last year.
0: Uh, because Grant had beat you directly at that event?
1: That? race, in particular, was the only event I did not podium at, and had I podiumed, had I gone three-tenths of a second faster, Grant and I would have dead tied for the championship last year. We would have tied all three tiebreakers and both had a perfect score of 400. Dang! Because Mid-Ohio is such a power track, I lost to three front-wheel drive cars.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So no, I'm not going so, back to Mid-Ohio uh, as much as I love I do appreciate, though, it. that like, you are... You're being really like thoughtful and strategic about what events you'd like to attend uh, on the basis of who might be going where and how you can do relative to that competition, knowing that like the inherent performance of the cars is going to be uh, track specific. And so uh, absolutely you have to we rewrote the, the, the tiebreaker rules. I think things are simplified a little bit.
1: Did they? Oh, I didn't check that.
0: Um, I'll, I will have to also check that. Um, But Adam and I tried to simplify things a little bit because there were a couple of weird situations where, uh, like, the tie ultimately ended up going to a person who attended more events. Um, Not as, like, a direct reason, I think, but, like, just as a consequence. And we were like, well, that's not actually what we want. And so I think, unless I'm wrong, I think there is a tiebreaker layer that goes to the person... Who has the most... I think it's most head-to-head wins to start. Yes. And then it might be most head, uh, most overall wins. And then I think, if memory is right, that it's the person who finishes higher at Midwest.
1: Ooh, that's interesting. Okay.
0: I think. But I could be wrong.
1: Well, I happen to know both Grant and I will be at Midwest. So Ooh. it's going to be... It's going to be a showdown. A showdown, for sure.
0: So that's uh, uh, the Glenn autobahn midwest and what else
1: the other gingerman midwest rev up. rev up and my plan there was it'll probably have half the attendance of midwest easy points not easy but a Easier. higher probability sure of more points however i'm pretty sure grant had the same thought and i think we're both <laughs> going to both gingerman events uh,
0: you're a little bit younger so maybe you uh maybe you haven't seen this movie are you familiar with the movie the princess bride yeah Uh, The scene with the iocane powder—it's a battle of wits. Yes, and uh, well, in fact, both of you are thinking the same thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, Also, budgeting wise, admittedly, Autobahn and both Gingermans are Are the three cheapest events for me to do. So, of course, I'm doing all three.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, It it shouldn't be ignored. Have you ever? um, Maybe just Andy doesn't have enough space, but uh, like is it easier to try and get someone to trailer your car to an event or like do you often take your your whole rig
1: one time it was at NCM last year Andy had one open spot on the five place trailer sure. and offered me a deal on the fee of getting it there okay and i accepted because it saved me money but ultimately it's cheaper for me to travel myself okay I have a truck and trailer, so it's cheaper.
0: Sure. If you didn't have, it might be different.
1: It, yeah, that's just the situational thing, but uh, I do I w- travel myself.
0: I wish you very, very good luck uh, this year, and it will be exciting to watch uh, not just you and Grant, but others compete for this championship. It's one of my favorites.
1: There will be hopefully a lot a big handful of people that will all be within tents. I think there will be.
0: And I know that Emma doesn't really like social media posting very much, but do you have uh, any place where people can follow your, your build and your racing?
1: Uh, yeah, Instagram at uh, D underscore Basinski 99. Okay. Which is my normal racing number, but it's been taken in grid life uh, since I, I can, started. I can
0: see the, um, the frustration in your eyes. I can see I th-
1: it. I think we should solve that.
0: <laughs> I don't control that. I think Emma actually controls that. So Yeah, we're... I might have
1: talked her into that. I
0: don't know. <laughs> all right, well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, safe travels back to Wisconsin, and we will see you at the Glen.
1: See you there. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co hosted by Derek Yarbrough, and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes, and come and find us in the Pit Grid Live to say hello.